Welcome, welcome coaches, teachers, parents, and medical professionals. You are listening to Larissa Mills and my podcast at the table. I am the founder of iParentGen.com and today and every day we are going to discuss how families and schools are managing technology and raising children and teaching them. We are also going to listen to how technology is impacting athletes and their level of sport. So let's get to it. Stay tuned and please call in with your questions or join us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. But parents, you are not alone. There are courses, articles, and videos on my website. Please sign up for free. So let's get listening. Hello there, Tara West. How are you? Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm lucky you're here because then you've got to at least style me a little bit compared to what we planned, but... I'm really happy that I that you picked this one because I was like, it's comfier, I think, too. It's great. And it's always really important to feel comfortable when you're speaking on Zoom or, you know, in person. Right. What you wear makes a huge difference. Yeah, actually, I've noticed that the more comfortable I am in something, the more confident I am and happier I am at focusing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm dressed today exactly how I would be if we were sitting in a room together. I would, I would rather be in a room with you and have our little espressos. <laughs> I would love that. Well, Tara West is from Boston, Massachusetts, and her fashion blog is in the top 100 in the country. She grew up working through many challenges, and because of her resilience, she overcame challenges and changed her life. She completed her degree in psychology and communications. She started working as a psychotherapist and said this work was extremely fulfilling, but this area of work does take its toll. She has a flair for fashion and started her own fashion styling business. It is flourishing from LA to New York. Tara, I am moved that you are committed to being here today because of such an intimate topic. So I just wanted to say thank you. Well, thank you. I think that, you know, it took a while for me to be able to tell my story. And now I feel it's so important to tell it because it resonates with a lot of people. More than you know, right? You really you really don't realize it until you start having a conversation with somebody, right? Absolutely. And because I'm on social media, you know, people have an idea of who they think you are, but they don't really know who you are. And so it's really important. And I think that's why I'm happy to tell my story because even the people who've known me forever, they don't necessarily know. Yeah. I think Social media, as you know, from what I study and research is how phones and technology are affecting human behavior is the, what we put on on social media is not necessarily any of our feelings, any of our background. It's just that moment. One moment, you don't know it. So um, we're here today to talk about uh, Tara's um, intestinal fortitude, I want to call it, and how she became resilient through her own path and how she actually became the leader in her industry. So I want to ask you the first question. So obviously we, I know we could talk about a million things, cottages, walls, <laughs> school or whatever, but you are um, so personable and you have a story of resilience and have learned how to navigate your way through life and found happiness. So this journey, can you share a little bit of, of, what has happened in your life and where you are today? Sure. So the story's long, so I won't get into like too much, but really, you know, I, um, my mother is an alcoholic and she definitely has some mental issues. 
And I grew up with that. Um, it was, I was from a very young age that I realized she was an alcoholic. I remember the day that I realized. Yes. And I was young. And so my father was not involved, but I had many a stepfathers. And so, you know, the thing is, is I'm my mother's daughter and I wanted to always be there for my mother. Yeah. But my mother was never okay and always drinking, but I always was on the ride with her, needless to say, you know. And so she expected me to be, too. So that dynamic is very difficult when you're dealing with somebody with substance abuse and you're a child. Yeah, because you're really unaware of what it is. You're really unaware of what it is, except deep down I knew that it wasn't right. And, um, you know, very observant, very observant. You know how I knew, to be honest, first of all, there are other people that stepped into my life who made sure that I knew that I was something, but also, you know, you grow up and you go to other people's houses and it's not your drunk mom every night. The police are not at their house all the time. There's not, you know, they're, they have a predictable day. I never knew what I was coming home to ever. And that must really take on that fight or flight moment when you get home, right? What am I walking into? So that you recognize that. And I think you, you didn't have that reliable person at home. What made you think that this was not where you wanted to stay? Well, you know, there were a lot of choices. My mother made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And from her mistakes, I would have to move. And um, from one, from her first mistake, we moved to Colorado with my brothers and I, we were young. And then from that mistake, we moved to California with my father, but my step monster in which I call her, she did not want me to stay. My brothers could stay, but not me. So then I had to move with my grandmother who I always joke because I say the people who know me, know that my grandmother lived in Beverly Hills and Beverly Hills suited me very well. I, I love fashion. I loved everything. And so then I moved with my grandmother and then, um, my mother had a situation and she had, after that, she moved in with my grandmother and I, now I'm probably about in the eighth grade. And so all of this happened before eighth grade. It was a lot of stuff. Um, and then she met a man and married him after three dates. And then I moved in with them. And then now I'm in high school. So you can only imagine trying to do schoolwork when stability, stability stability for you and consistency, which you and I know with our backgrounds in psychology is the key to a child's security. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I went to seven different schools before college, seven. So every time I switched to school, I tell my kids, I'm terrible in math. I, I, every time I switched to school, can you imagine they were on like, (laughs) it would be normal. (laughs) (laughs) I I drew the line at finite math. I was like, I'm done. (laughs) But every time I switched schools, they were in a different place. And so I never knew what was going on. And so I lost a lot in terms of that. But but socially, it's actually really helped me in life, to be honest with you. Yeah. I feel like you think that because usually you don't have that same group of friends that 
you get that stability with, right? Because, you know, first of all, I was a very shy kid. I was so super shy. And it's because I was scared of life because I lived in a scary situation. And when you move as many times as I moved, it's either you make a friend or you don't. I mean, nobody's going to help you out. You got to make it or break it. And so it forced me to really reach out and just try to make friends and break down my walls. Yeah. It's yeah. And now we're at sort of at that point on your chronological scale here at 16. I don't know what you were thinking, but something instinctually made you think that you needed to, in your, in your, in your mind, your heart, or just, I want to even call it your, your instincts made you think of leaving. That is a very brave thing to do for a 16. Yeah. So it's true. And you know what happened is, I mean, as you can imagine, you can only imagine all I went through up to that point. Um, And a lot of what my mother did was put everything on me. You know, she used to make me go to therapy because she thought if I got better, her problems would go away. Yeah, It's never that person's fault, right? It's never that person's fault. Right. And so there was so much put on me, so much abuse mentally. And, you know, it was that it was physical abuse that made me leave. My, I came, I, I'll tell the story. It's, I was 16. I went to a party and I lied and I said I was going somewhere else. Like a lot of kids do. I did that too. <laughs> a lot of people like, where are you going? <laughs> and when I came home, my stepfather took me by the neck and he beat my head into the ground. Not once, not twice, but three times. Oh my God. And I ran for my life. And as I was running, I had no shoes. I had no money. I had nothing. And I said to myself, Tara, you have two choices in life. You either stay in this situation and you fail miserably, or you find a way out and try to make something of yourself. And it was at that moment that I knew it doesn't matter if your parents are the ones that brought you into this world. It doesn't matter because what matters is what's best for you. Yeah. And I think you just decided this environment, I can't survive in that. I no. need, I needed to, to, you needed to put yourself in another environment that offered you consistency, stability, and, and that, that sense of security. And I think it was your instincts. It was my instincts. And I wanted more. I didn't want to be nothing. Children deserve the, the stability, right? They deserve that. Yeah, and the ability to have the um, space to dream and make these dreams yeah. true. And I didn't have any of that. And I wanted it. That's the thing is I really wanted it. Yeah. And after 16 there, I'm getting the order. Where did you go? Where did you land? So I have my uncle. He's always been an incredible person in our lives. Oh. At one point when he had heard some of what was going on, he told me, that if I ever needed a place to stay, that I could stay with him. And I don't know if he ever thought (laughs) that I would take him up on it. But my father refused to take me in after that situation. And so my uncle took me in. And, you know, my uncle said to me, he said, Tara, what is it that you want out of life? And I said, I want to go to college. And so for the next two years, I worked so hard. And I got into college. And then I went to graduate school. So... You know, just where, where we think we went to the same school party. Well, yeah, we think we saw each other at a party. <laughs> I'm like, 
but I, because I was at Niagara U doing my master's and I thought, wait a minute, but I, I remember seeing this cute little girl. We were at a, a party there at Ithaca because we would drive over. Right. Right. I'm like, that was a weird connection. I thought it might have been. That'd be so cool. No. So you were, um, you did communications too. I did. I went for right. communication. First of all, I went to, uh, I was like, I want to go as far away from California as I can. <laughs> so I went to Ithaca, New York, which I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I loved it. It was yeah. so different. It's, it's um, different. Yeah. And then I went back to USC for uh, marriage and family therapy because I oh, really- that degree, eh? Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing is I knew I could be a therapist. I had been in therapy since I was three. So I knew I knew the profession and I, you know, it's always nice to help people, but um, yeah. So that's what I went to USC for. Yeah. And um, in that growth, I, I'm going to say growth because yes. you were dedicated, focused, you were determined and you were, basically self-propelling yourself. Those are the signs of resiliency. Yes. Right? Able to pivot from a situation, change your pivot and adapt and move forward. And you did that. Actually, I think you did that without even knowing it. I didn't know it. I, it's, but it's now so you know that that's exceptional. You know that that's I, exceptional growth, right? Yay I think you. <laughs> thank you so much. You know, I, I, somebody has asked me before, you know, when did I, when did I know what I had been through? And, you know, I don't think it's till you, for me, it wasn't until I was out of my twenties because I was still surviving. That's the thing. When you're a survivor, I think you are still, yeah. Yeah. You have to get to a place where you are not surviving anymore and you can look back and reflect and kind of heal. And I think it, it takes a long time. Yeah. I think, and we all go through different things. And I, I like too when you feel you get to a space where you can think and process without the fight or flight feeling. Yes. Right. When you feel stable, when you feel happy, content, you are safe and secure. You've got your support system, whatever that dynamic might be. Doesn't matter. No. Then only I think a person and, and you know, as well, as well as I do through counseling that, then they can start to grow. Yeah. And I think that sounds like, like you did that. And then you were a psychotherapist. No, you were a marriage counselor. I think you, which so I, I think was really neat. I think that's really yeah. neat to do. It was, it was great. I loved it. I was, I did it for a very long time, but you know, oh, yeah. uh, fashion has always been my passion always. And yeah. so um, after I had my third child, I said, I'm going to start a my business people were always like oh I love what you're wearing where'd you get it that where it came from okay I want that was my next question how would you go from such a clinical devoted mindset psycho like psychotherapy to a completely different 180 right yes well first of all there's a lot of psychology in what I do right now like when you are you're working with people very intimately you're in their closet you're fine you know everybody has something about their body or something that they are you know we all have it whether you're sh- you have a shoe size that's so big you can never find a shoe to like maybe you don't like the way you know something works on your thighs I mean it's like runs the gamut yeah so yes but I always loved fashion and I didn't want to regret not trying to be a stylist. 
And when I launched, I had two parties and I didn't know if anybody was going to come, but I was like, I'm going to try this business because you know, I love resilience it. There. That's resilience, right? Again, you just, you just, you're just going for it, right? Because that's what's in there. And that's what makes you, you unique to survival because I think it's also about trying things, right? No, there's also coping mechanisms and those things involved. But what you're really telling me is that you're brave and that you are seeking and you are trying because there are people who are staying in the same jobs for 50, 30 years and are afraid. Yeah. I think fear is, uh, is such a debilitator and it, it really, it really stops you from doing things. The thing is, is I'm just not fearful. I, I'm afraid of heights, but other than that, I'll try it. <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> you see that thing I posted on Facebook where there's, you're suspended? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I actually think I could do that. And then I think you said something about it. Was it you? And you're like, no way. <laughs> no, I can't even look at bridges. But, um, but you know, the thing is, is I'll try it. But, you know, I was, I was scared. It's like, you also don't want to fall on your face. But I mean, if I fell on my face, at least I tried. I don't want to regret. I never want to regret, yeah. you know. So, so yeah, so it, it was all word of mouth. And then social media started to happen. And I have a mentor and she was like, you have to start doing, you know, Instagram. I said, you're out of your mind. There is no way, but <laughs> because, you know, here, here you are, you're so good and proficient at it. Right. Oh, like, thank you. you know, um, and what year was this? I tried to find probably, Oh, the Instagram probably no, it started to switch from the psychology clinical base to. So my business, my styling business is about nine years old. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And so the social, but I, you know, the most interesting thing is this is putting myself out there on social media really made me take a hard look at myself. That's oh, really? when a lot of work, a lot of work started to happen so for me. What do you mean I, in terms of work? I, I do mean like explain, like you explain, sorry. Yeah. I explain. So, um, I feel like when you're, when you've gone through what I've gone through, you don't have a lot of self-worth. And so you're very, for me, I was very hard on myself and I never was able to look at the good. And that's just because I really didn't have any value for myself. So to put myself out there and, you know, I don't know, take pictures and all of these things. That's a, that was very hard for me. I think you're very brave at it. I, I don't know if I could, and you, and you know what I hopefully will be doing. I'm like, I got to go on TV. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. And you, you look at yourself. Yeah. You do a complete, almost like a survey. I want to say, you know, but you know what I started, what I was doing was I would rip apart every picture. And I would say to myself, all right, is this what you're going to do? You're going to rip apart every picture? I mean, how good is that for yourself? Like, and, and not for nothing, but for my kids, like, they don't need, not that I would say it in front of them, but you know, they don't, they don't need this. this. It's negative. It was so negative. And so I just said to myself, either you accept it or you don't, don't do it because it's just not good. And so I really just forced myself to put myself out there and that I'm, I'm actually super proud of myself for that because that takes a big, a lot of guts. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> because you're going to have to help me with that. Um, and I'm, I'm more of the like, catch me off guard, really funny, 
personable, but I don't know if I could put myself in that situation. Right. A a lot of body confidence um, where I have a lot of skill confidence. You know the difference? Like, right? Like I used to model, but now I got to go and I'm like, really? I got to go and do this. (laughs) It's going to be crazy. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of growth. And you, do you think that that process was part of your catharticism and your, your healing and your, your change and your evolution? I, I think that every single thing that has happened for me to me, what I've done, what I've created, it has been the process of me to be the best person that I could be for me. So, right. you know, it's probably three or four years ago, these men came to me and they were um, video makers and they said they wanted to do a documentary on me like a mini documentary yeah, yeah. that meant I had to tell my story and I had never told my story before. Yeah. And so I was a wreck. I mean, it was like so hard for me, but the best, I always, I still thank them every day. Like, thank you so much for letting me first of all, feel safe enough around you that I could tell my story and breaking down my wall because it's, yeah. it's cause you so blocked it out a bit maybe. Yeah. And a feel- little shame. There's, and there's also, you know, there's a lot of shame to yeah. uh, what I've been through, who my parents are. My, you know, when your parents are losers, it's kind of a bummer. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of growth there. But I thank them so much for doing that for me. Um, so yes, this whole process and what I do, I think has helped me in every single way. And I love it. I love fashion. I, I love see dress. you light up. When, when we first just got on today and you're like, Ooh, what are you looking at? <laughs> it's like a kid at, at, at a birthday party. <laughs> My favorite texts are when I work with a client and they say, like, literally, I feel so amazed. Like, I feel so good about myself because when I work with clients, I'm not trying to change who they are because we all have our own personalities and how we want to dress. I'm just trying to enhance their look or um, polish it a little bit. And who doesn't feel good? Like we said at the very beginning of this, when you feel like you look good, you feel good. And you're probably going to have a really good day, you know? Yeah. I, I, I noticed the day I um, put on something that I'm, it's too tight or I, I'm like, oh, this did not fit right. I'm like uncomfortable and I lack focus. Like if I'm lecturing or if I was in a school or if I was doing something, I, I just feel uncomfortable. And that I think uh, now I know I just, wear clothes and I'm really comfortable in and it totally changes I think your mindset your mindset 100% you know so mm. some people say should I dress I think I told you this should I dress for an interview like I would for a zoom like I would in person I said absolutely 100% yeah. you need to act like you're in the room with the person because yeah. you need the confidence that you are fit for this job like you are ready dressed and you know to mm. take it off yeah. And one of my questions too, we were talking about, cause we both have three kids um, is what are the values or the difference that you're teaching to your kids from how, your childhood? What, what are you focusing on with them? So, you know, it's the times are, I hate to say like, I'm not, but they're so different because there's social media and there's so much FOMO and there's comparing and like, you know, I grew up in LA. I mean, that's, that's tough. Like everybody, that's a whole nother world. So, you know, really I, I want them to like who they are and 
to be accepting of themselves mm-hmm. and try not to compare, you know, especially in this COVID world, like, you know, people are doing different things. Some people have swimming pools. Some people can take a plane somewhere. Some, and you know, some people I say have just no food. Some people, you know what I mean? Like, some, like, no job. Some people, yes. Some people are, can't even go to school. Some people, you know, some people's parents aren't working in that. They don't have electricity. I mean, these are things. So it's be happy with who you are and what you have. Yeah. And, you know, because of social media, yeah, I think that's a little bit harder for kids right now. It's all in their face. Yeah. Comparativism is really, really hard to deal with. I did a lecture on that and the newest social media statistics for under 18 are, are gut wrenching to me. It's like we're showing them a world that they're not mentally stable for or frontal lobes not developed. And we're showing them things that their, their brain literally can't focus and digest yet. So mm-hmm. it actually causes more anxiety more, every day, a little bit more. And as you know, phone addiction is all chemistry. It's just a, a notification and paying here. And I mean, there are times where even I have to look at my phone and I have to redesign my phone to work for me. I don't want to hear a ping, right? And I think it's interesting what you're saying. I, I struggle with that too, trying to get my kids to um, the comparativism and it's really about teaching them to like themselves and be confident. You nailed it. Yeah. Right. It is so big. I want my kids. I know what it feels to not feel like confident and not have a sense of self. And I, that's the biggest gift I think we could give our children. Honestly. I agree. And when I've seen and taught hundreds and well, thousands of kids, and I, now I'm seeing the statistic and I feel like almost every kid's my statistic right now. And I'm like, this is not good. No. Like looking, right? And COVID is just perpetuating things that were there existing pre-COVID. Yes. Um, now let's get to the fun part. Okay. So I want to I want to leave our listeners with five strategies to help look at life through more of a resilience lens. I think, and you said in in this discussion a few things that I think connected with that. So I heard you say. We need stability, we need consistency. And you said two things that I really, really think focus very well and link to resilience, and it was you need instincts. And instincts are are, uh, one of the things in which you're in more of a situation, you actually get better instincts, but it's really self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. You use self-talk to gravitate your way out of that situation, which, you know, a lot of kids today don't know how to self-talk at all. They don't know how to self-soothe. Everything is grabbing a phone. I'm just going to fill that emotion with something else. And you pivoted and you adapted. That's all part of resilience. And then you also got to the point where I think when you get to the point where you can sit and reflect, you nailed it because then you can think, and you kept trying things. And that's all part of building yourself and part of resilience. Cause who cares? Like, I threw an opening night for a Pilates studio one night when I owned it. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's just go for it. And, <laughs> and, and like everybody ate my food. <laughs> Yay! And I was like, I guess this is good. It was, yeah, that's- you just gotta go. You did it too. And it's about finding that within yourself. And I mean, you followed all the steps, like you, you really did. And it's fabulous. Thank um, you. 
And I think what your story, I think your story should resonate to others who are in those situations. And what we really want to reach to is young people. Yes, 100%. hundred young people, and then we can talk to them and help them because as they age, it gets harder and harder to do that therapy, right? And do that work. Yeah. Um, you were going to have, we had a discussion over strategies, right? When we were doing our talk and you said you came up with five, what is it? Styling strategies. Well, they're not, well, some of them, one was a styling strategy, but really, so you already said that I always say, don't compare. You don't compare to yourself to other people. Oh, that's a good one. one. That's a good one. I like that. um, Accept who you are and you, but how you're living your life. And if you don't like it, change it. If I ever, I tell my kids, if I ever feel jealous of something, I say to myself, why do I feel jealous and what can I change to make that different? Because that's my feeling. Yeah. And the other thing is, which I think is very hard, but I do it and it, it's so hard to set boundaries. You have to set boundaries. Yes. Boundaries set boundaries are hard. hard. And sometimes you have to walk away. And yeah. I, I've had to do that, obviously. Yeah. And I think that, for kids, setting boundaries is so difficult. I don't, yeah, uh, it's very, very tricky, but as long as we, you, they have you to yeah. guide them, right? Through a bullying yeah. situation or through a, you know, my daughter was, I don't know, I remember when she was little, man, mom, this boy keeps poking me with a stick every reason. <laughs> She's like, and I, I never told her at all that he liked her because you don't get treated by, right? And that was a difference. Yeah. My parents would have said, oh, he likes you. Right. I'm like, no, don't let him treat you like that. Right. And then she went and got a stick and she, <laughs> that didn't work so well. <laughs> but, well, yeah, feisty, right? So right. I'm just, it's kind of funny that you say that because I really like how you're asking that of your children. How yes. do we change that? Why yeah. are we jealous? Because why can I get on that team? I'm jealous I didn't get there. Well, what do you need to do? What do you That's need to resilience. do? jealousy is your own feeling there somebody is even if somebody's trying to make you jealous why are you feeling jealous right. it's something within you so change it yeah and then um i my grandmother always said surround yeah. yourself by good people and you'll have a great life and i tell my kids that I all agree. the time if somebody is not good don't be around them you don't need to be around bad people or people who don't make you feel good. Obviously as adults, we have a little bit easier of a time with that, right? We can cut right. off relationships and walk away. But I think people in life, even as adults are afraid to do that. Yeah. And it's, I really like that. It's, um, it's funny because I had a, I had a grandmother who died at 104. Like she was amazing. Wow. And she raised, partly raised us. And she was always just so grateful. Thank you for the cookies. Leading your life with, with, I guess I want to say generosity and kindness, I think too, is how a reflection of you on others, right? Right. And that's so important. I hear you saying that, right? Surround yourself with good good people. Yeah, I'm ready for the next one. Good people, have a great (laughs) Okay, well, so the next one is just about trends, uh, styling trends, because a lot of times in pre-COVID, when I would go to clients' houses, they would pull up influencers and be like, I want to wear that. I want to okay. wear that. And so it, it's just how it was. So what I'd like to say is not every trend is for you. <laughs> we might like definitely a trend, a trend that's not for me. 
I do not need skinny tight. But, you know, I, <laughs> but, you know, not, and I think that let's just remind ourselves of that because we don't have to do it again, what everybody else is doing, but right. do what works for you, especially in clothing and styling. Yeah. Because it is personal. It's very personal. Very personal. Express yeah. yourself, but just don't try to do, you know, we just keep, I don't, don't I, 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 I think that that's a great message. You just said that you just said, it's great to express yourself. yourself. Don't use someone else's sense of style because it may not work. You know, you got to figure it out yourself. And I think once you, sh- you do a good job of showing people other things and like, this is kind of you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I try to be diverse in what I wear because I help brands and stores. Right. right. But not, not, that might not necessarily be what I would wear. I can style it. I'm a stylist, yeah. you know, but but just stay true to who you are. I guess that's the message. Yeah, I think those are great messages. And I think they need to be heard by more and more people, especially in today's world in the next year. Yes, for sure. Right? Well, yeah. thank you so much, Tara from Tara West Fashions for being with me today. I feel like we should we should have been at a cafe doing this or something. Or, I love that there's, I, you know, I love Boston. I've been there a lot. Yeah. And I love that place with the aquarium that has the patio. I so would have loved to have done that with you there. We could have done this in person. Yeah. When we can see each other, we will. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today on At The Table with me and sharing your story of resilience with everybody. Thank you for having me.